but that's one reason one reason came in I wanted to come over here is I felt like I could change shit okay. and like and like see it happen. I could I could be part I could be part of the movement because I definitely 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 believe he's just going through a design renaissance right now. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Foreign Local, the podcast connecting the Egyptian diaspora with their beloved homeland, Umm Dunya. I'm your host, Monica Girgis, often known as the girl with the red balloon. And this is as serious as you are ever going to hear me sound. If you've ever been to Madinat Nasr, then you'll definitely get why the first thing I said to today's guest was, Mokram Abid, Mokram Abid? And yes, it's Mokram Abid, Mokram Abid. Ramzi Makram Abid hopped around between Cairo and the States before eventually deciding to call Cairo home and start his own design firm to make a tangible impact in the midst of Egypt's design renaissance. My story is like a lot of jumping back and forth. Okay. So I was born in Boston. I'll try to follow. You were born in Boston? Yes. Okay. My dad was doing his residency there okay. back then. He finished his residency. We lived in like Connecticut and um, I think it's Connecticut. And then we moved back here for a year. Okay. Like when I was five, and uh, my dad tried to work here because okay. my grandma, my maternal grandma, was like, "No, you have to come back. I miss my my daughter. I miss my my grandkids." Aww. So he tried for a year, and he was just he was having a very hard time with it because dad is very um, he's very uh, pragmatic at work. He's very practical. He's he, he wants to help as much as possible. He's a doctor, so okay. uh, like bureaucracy or somebody who's not trained well enough for him, like that, that's a very big deal. Okay, you don't get involved in all that. So after a year, we moved back and like we moved to Houston because one of his good friends was there and he was happy, uh, happy in Houston. So we moved to Houston and uh, they stayed there for like 20, 25 years, my parents, but me and my sister were never really happy there. Texas is, people are super sweet, but, um, <laughs> but uh, we like every, every, every like, other week or something, we would have guests flying in from Europe or Egypt. Okay. In our house, because we lived like um, we lived in Houston, there's the best one of the best medical centers in the, in the world. Okay. And besides our family, like, grandma would stay with us for two months a year. Um, like, each uncle would stay for for a month uh, a year with us. Okay. Every summer we'd spend it in Europe or in Egypt for two three months, and so like, we were constantly exposed to a very international uh, surroundings. Yeah. And then in school, it was pretty much homogenous. And I remember like I remember like there was. Very, very few non-Caucasian people in the school. Really? Yeah. Okay. And so, and they were really sweet. And they were awesome. I had, I had a lot of friends, and it was really cool. But it was just, I just from, it felt like we had like two lives, like our, our Egyptian life and our American life. And okay. then when it came time for me to enter high school, uh, my whole family was like, uh, he should go back to Egypt, get back to his roots. And my mom's like, I want to go to a private school over here. Um, and then the private schools, like they wanted me to go to, was like just really, really posh. Mm. And I knew my parents would, wouldn't give me a Porsche like the other kids. So I'm like, are you gonna buy me a Porsche? They're like, no. So I'm like, I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna be, you know, the the weirdo with like a non-Porsche. My mom was like, okay, Salah, so they could go, you could, could try Egypt at a mm. private school over there because like, she really wanted me to get to a good college, mom and dad, so like private school. Yeah. And so I go, I come back to Bisk, which is actually super spoiled as well <laughs> when we were there. <laughs> But I didn't, I didn't realize this. I remember like the like the first day of school, like my grandfather had a driver and I was like embarrassed. I was like, no dude, like park far away because I don't want I don't want to be that kid. <laughs> okay. And so then like I, I as I'm walking to the to the building, I'm seeing like way nicer cars all around me with like a million drivers and I'm like, what the 
the what Egypt is this? Yeah, so like I go to school and then and then I finish and I leave leave the class. I just remember it was just like Mercedes after BMW after Range Rover and like drivers and like and my grandpa's like old Merc was like nothing special, you know. I was like, okay, <laughs> the driver could wrap me up. I must start enjoying some perks of Egypt, you know. Have you stayed here since, or have you no, moved back? No, so, so I moved back. So I did high school okay, so over here for four years, okay. and then. Um, I didn't know what I like. I was like, I was very spoiled in the sense right here. Cause I, I was like, I don't know what I want to do. I'm gonna take a semester off and find myself. I was like 18, <laughs> and like I'm, I'm appalled at my parents that let me do that. And I'm looking back, like some 18 year old brat, like I gotta find myself, which is bullshit. Cause I knew who I was, but like I wanted to study design, and the family was like, no, study business first. Okay. Which I think is like a, a very big mistake, because like when I was five years old, like my my father's uh, grandfather's uh, villa was being split up between the family. So like I went and I and I chose the antique pieces for my parents to take and they actually listened to me. Oh wow! I was only five years old, and then what? I was like always doing my I was always changing up my bedroom and like and like uh, buying stuff and selling stuff and like I was always really into this stuff. Yeah. Since I was a kid, and then when I was fifteen, my big cousin like he was awesome and he said like you could um, design my office for me. Okay. I was only fifteen years old. He was only like um, so I was fifteen, so he was like twenty. So another one of us was like really adults yet. So oh, I designed, yeah, designed my first office when I was like 14, 15. Wow. So it didn't make sense for me to study, study business. I didn't actually, I did well somehow in business school, so I don't know why I started business school. Okay. So anyways, I went from Cairo, like after high school, I moved back to Houston for a year to find myself. <laughs> in Houston? <laughs> yeah, I didn't find much. And so I went to DC, studied business, and then I did a year study abroad. I was supposed to be in London. And then I didn't like, <laughs> like I'm like, my college years are my most spoiled years. <laughs> So I was studying in Richmond, and I called mom and dad up, and I'm like, the the, the students are just like really spoiled. I don't like this. like no one like I was a geek, so I was also very spoiled. So I was like, but the kids around me they were spoiled and they didn't want to study. So I was like, no, oh. I, I want to learn. Like, I don't want to come out of here stupid. So then I went to AUC for a year. Oh, you And I back. loved it. Yeah. Okay. It was, and like they let me. I mean, I was I was like, so I called my my college advisor and I was like, hey Sharon, can I go? <laughs> can I go to Can I go to Cairo? She's like, uh, or did you? Um, did you apply? I think the question was like, did you, oh, do you speak fluent Arabic? I'm like, not really, it's pretty crappy. She's like, then go. Like, Fantastic. And that was, that was like the first time my terrible, my terrible Arabic helped me out in my life. What? Yeah. Okay. And so I went to AC and I loved it. It was like really cool. I had like some, some of my high school friends was there, were there. I made some friends. Um, and so I got to see Egypt in different light because like this was like, you were, you were totally in a bubble. Really? Yeah. Okay. And it was an amazing experience, and I would like I would if I'd go back in time, I would definitely go back to Pittsburgh. Um, AUC was also awesome, but I wish I would have studied design instead of that. So I did my year study abroad, moved back to Cairo, sorry, moved back to DC to finish college. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then I was like, if I if I get a, <laughs> I was ridiculous as a child. <laughs> still, there's a lot of there's still lots of ridiculousness, but as a child, I was like, okay, I'm not gonna apply to any jobs. Like I'll just see where the universe wants me to wants me to go, and so then I got this ridiculous job offer and like this quite a nice job offer from like some big finance firm, and like I remember my teacher telling me this is like a really big deal you should take it. I'm like I'm like who are these stupid motherfuckers who are asking me to to, to like join as a fine as a finance guy? Like I'm like dumb as when it comes to finance. Like why why are they? You know, it didn't make sense. So I was like, no, I can't that. Like they've lost so much faith for me right now. I don't want to work for them. And then meanwhile, my big cousin who asked me to design his office room when I was 15, he was like, if you want to come back to Cairo, you can come and work uh, in my company. 
And so I came back to Europe. Good cousin for the win. Yeah, he's wow. awesome. Yeah. Okay, that's amazing. <laughs> and so I came back to Cairo and I yeah. got interviewed and everything. They put me, I think I started off in product development okay. in an IT firm um, and link.net. So I, like, yeah. I worked there for like three and a half years and I worked in IT and then I worked, sorry, in like, product development and I'm, and I'm like dumb as with IT, right? Like, I'm like really like, like my, like the cousins took the IT, me and my sister took the creativity of the family, you know? Okay. <laughs> no IT understanding. But it was really, really fun. And as much as I wish I would have done design from the get go, mm -hmm. it was nice having like a real like uh, job outside of design in Cairo with like offices and meetings and away from the whole design world okay. because it, it helped me see how people operate okay. in, an, in a non-design office, yeah. you know, for yeah. three and a half years. Like you were still dealing with people with similar backgrounds. Like I mean, if they, okay. didn't, if they weren't raised abroad, they, they went to UC, they yeah. went to a foreign school. So like it, it, it was, it definitely was an adjustment from AUC, yeah. but it was like kind of gradual. So was my, my whole like coming back to Egypt was just, was like, it, looking back at it, it went, it went very well because I was like super, I was in the super bubble, and then eventually when I came back to do um, interior design, that's like when it was like no bubble at all. Oh, you left again. So I left again. Sweet Jesus, from uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so I left again actually to be a screenwriter. What? And so like my sister was living in LA. I was like, hey, cool, I'll go to LA, and like I, I loved working at Link. It was so much fun. I had like. Two, uh, two big cousins with me. Okay. I had a lot of like, I had a lot of like really close friends and best friends. Like we would like work hard and party hard and like lots of traveling. I got and I really got to Sinai those years. Really, I became a lot more um, from the smokes. I became a lot more laid back <laughs> from Sinai, and I was able to like just like like see life in a different way, you know. Okay. And so I I think like. Because a lot of times like, I think, why did I not do design in the beginning? Mm -hmm. But it was kind of cool because I became a, a lot more of a grounded person when I started doing Sinai and started smoking up and all that. So when I, when I started studying design, I, I was already a different person. But let me go back to screenwriting. So I tried doing okay. screenwriting and then that was shit. I was like really bad at it. <laughs> okay. And so I was like, well, I want something creative. But again, I don't know why I didn't go to design. It was so obvious it should be in design. And so, so my sister was like, well, try out, try out being an extra. Oh, and okay. so I did extra work for like six months, but then um, I was like, well, no, I'm going to start going to design this extra thing is getting really too much. So then I was like, I want to start um, working as a interior design. I applied to this design firm. They're like, you have to be studying. So I was like, okay, like, what schools offer? They're like, UCLA. So I went to UCLA I, and I joined Al Okay. And, uh, and then I, I knew when I was in, uh, when I was in UCLA, like, I, was, I was interning there in a design firm mm -hmm. and they were really, really cool. Um, but I was like, no, I'm gonna go back home and like do my own thing and start my own portfolio. Because when you work in a firm in the States, you kind of have to like climb the ladder. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I didn't mind doing that. And I was like cleaning, I was moving stuff, I was in care of the library, I was like, I was like doing everything. And like, I was like working really, really, really hard. But there was, there was a passion inside of me and I loved it. Mm -hmm. And studying at the same time. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I did just that. I, mean, I, I flew back and then my younger cousin, then he was like, come back and design, um, we have a new building, come back and design a um, the, the meeting rooms for us. Okay. So I came back to Cairo with a client, which is like, a huge blessing. Okay. And I designed, my first project was Link.net. Um, 
my ID office. Okay. It was like really, really fun because like I, I went from like working in a company to having my own company. And that's when like you get pushed into real life Egypt because like you have to speak to everybody. Okay. From completely what, what, different what? backgrounds. Walk me through this. What was this shift like? So like I I came back thinking, okay, I have three and a half years experience working at Link.net. I know how to work, I know how to operate in Egypt, that's no problem. And so I come back over here yeah. and it was uh, it was a completely different work ethic. Mm. It was uh, it was a completely different environment. I mean when I was in like in uh, in LA interning, like there was this level of respect between everybody. Mm -hmm. which I didn't find over here. Like, I, really? as an intern over there, I was a non-paid intern in the beginning, eventually I became a paid intern. Mm -hmm. But like, I could call like a CEO of a company and, and be spoken to in a very polite, nice way. Yeah. And so when I came back over here, there's all this titles, and this Mohandes, Ubesh Mohandes, like all this like nonsense. And I'm like, this is crazy, y'all. Like, <laughs> like, I would go into meetings and there'd be like six Mohandesin, and I, I would just say, yeah, yeah, man, like, all of us are doing a group, but we can just talk to the people who are doing it. Like, I'm going to go to a meeting and I'm going to talk to the people It seemed like a skit to me. It was like, oh, Mohandas Sharif Adlin, Mohandas Ahmed, oh, Mohandas Ahmed, Mohandas Ahmed, I'm going to talk to the people who are doing Why are we doing this? <laughs> what is going on? And so there's a lot of like social stuff which I found to be, I mean, a big waste of time. And so I was like, it's just one thing not understanding, but also have to look at it as well from a, from a functional point of view. And I'm like, this is just wasting time for everybody. <laughs> so I That's would like, I never thought of that. but I would vocalize it, which okay. was very cool. Cause like, I, I, I've always like, I think it's thanks to my, my mom and dad, like I have this like confidence <laughs> that I might not quite deserve, <laughs> but it's there. You know, I think, I think, all, I think all Egyptian guys, we have a certain level of confidence from like the way we're raised, like, like even if you're raised abroad, like if you're raised by an Egyptian mother, you have a certain level of confidence <laughs> that you're not going to find with like a, most other cultures, right? Yeah. So I would say like this whole one distinct thing is ridiculous, blah, blah, blah. But I was also working with people like in LA, I'd, like I could, I could go online, I could order like all the lighting for a client and it's delivered on time and I have all the specs I need and there's... You know, there's no ahwarat, there's no like crazy ass obstacles that come out of nowhere. So I was used to a very efficient system. Yeah. And over here, there are people who are efficient. There are businesses that are efficient. And they never meet. But the, <laughs> no, they meet. They meet. Okay. You, you just have to like, we have to really, really like find them. Mm. You know, and you have to be, you have to like kind of take the emotions out and take your pride out and just like be a very objective person when you're trying to find these people. You know, so like okay. in the beginning, I was expecting a lot of things from suppliers, for example. Yeah. So I'll look at suppliers. I'm like, I want them to be honest. I want them to have very good quality. I want them to understand the drawings very well. I want them to be, um, I could like to be able to like predict their timing properly. I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. And that's not possible. <laughs> like you don't find somebody like that, yeah, you know? Yeah. So it's like, so I tell people like, okay, if you find somebody who's does very good quality mm -hmm. and they're on time, they're going to be expensive, <laughs> rightfully so, because they're dealing with a whole bunch of people who are never on time. So if this mother <laughs> is able to make something on time, we should like throw a fucking parade for that, you know? <laughs> we should really celebrate it and this guy deserves the extra money. This guy or this woman deserves the extra money. Yeah. And so like you kind of start navigating it and figuring out how to work and then like 
and, and it's just it's like moving from any country to any other country. Yeah. Like it's all it's, it's always going to be different. So you just have to be flexible. Yeah. And so moving back as well, like for all of us, I think you kind of like become a more flexible human being. Okay. Because you have to be. <laughs> you have to. <laughs> it forces you to. Because like if you're going to stick to certain things, you're going to be a very miserable person. Mm. But that being said, like the first few years, I remember I would lose my mind a lot, like like batshit crazy. And I'd like yell and scream, like rightfully so. But like one day I was like, I was in a space and like they put, like, literally, like, I couldn't believe it, the wall in the wrong place. What? Yeah, it was like <laughs> a wall in the wrong place. And like, it was still just bricks, so it was like no, you can't shake it, you know what I mean? Like, but like it's a f***ing wall and it is not it's in a the right wall. place. And, I, and then, and then like, I just went back shit again, and it was like the second year or something like that, and then I and then I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna die of a heart attack because of a wall. You know? Like, how sad would that be? Like, he died because he was upset about a wall? <laughs> you know? It's the saddest thing in the world. Not, like, I don't want to die like that. I want, I want like a cooler death. I want a more know? dramatic death. I want a, like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, like, I'm trying to save an animal or something. It's something a bit heroic, you know? Okay. And so I was like, no, so I, I gotta change. I gotta change me. Yeah. Okay. And I and I gotta be be able to like predict stuff a bit better and for your own sake. For your own sanity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I so I slowly but over the years I started saying, okay, this person I like working with. Mm. And so I, I I started working with people over and over again. But I'm always open to meeting new people. So like I've worked with a lot of different contractors. I've worked with a lot of different uh, wood factories, metal factories. Like I really have. And that's one reason. One reason came in. I wanted to come over here is I felt like I could change shit, okay. and like and like see it happen. I could I could be part. I could be part of the movement because I definitely 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 believe Egypt is going through a design renaissance right now. Really? Because we were so closed off for so long, mm -hmm. and when I was growing up, there was only a couple of um, interior decorators, mm -hmm. maybe even a smaller amount of interior designers. And I remember like my in high school, like I just, my mom and dad were living in the states, so they're like. They, they allowed me to redesign their house, so I did that, and I'd always have parties. Like, I don't think they realized, like... Their house hit and yeah, parties hit that's yeah. hilarious. Okay. Like, like, we were, like, 17 and 18-year-olds, like, like, partying, partying <laughs> up, like, we were, like, in our 20s or something. Um, but anyway, and so, like, I um, I had to adjust to, to the, the system over here, mm -hmm. and, I, and then I, I came back to a, a country which was still not um, at, at a design space where it should be. What does that mean, or what does that entail? Okay, well, I'm I'm a very proud Egyptian, and I'm a very proud American, but. and and that's, that's no, not but clubs. Okay. So like, <laughs> I expect a lot from both. Okay. And so with Egypt specifically, our history, and all that we've done for design, to come back and to see like, what the, f like, we're Egyptians, <laughs> like what the f is this? Like we should be doing the best stuff, you know? Dude, Circle K Roxy. Come on, Roxy. Come on. I don't want to call you Agnes. You know. Hashtag pyramids. And so, for the industry to improve over here, we have to help each other out. It's, it's not you. You can't just be looking at yourself as I'm the best designer. That's that's bullshit. Anybody who's yeah. got an attitude should just be like bitch. <laughs> yeah, and so this is a community and it takes all of us to, to make it better. We're going to take a quick 30 second break here to give a shout out to our incredible sponsors for season one of the Foreign Local Podcast. 
Yeah, who am I kidding? This thing is not sponsored. Season one of The Foreign Local was a self-funded endeavor brought to life by a tenacious team of talents. And so we're taking this 30 second ad spot to cheer for, well, basically me, but also Zanetti, the incredible audio engineer working behind the scenes to bring this to life. Season two, we could be cheering for you. Hit us up at info at theforeignlocal.net and let's talk sponsorship. Now, what were we saying? You were talking about one of the reasons why you came back here is because you feel like Egypt is going through a design renaissance. Yeah. And more so, especially when you first moved back here, yes. and the shift that's happening. Yes. So and then it also also came in selfish came in because like in the beginning there was not there was not much competition. Mm. So I could come back here with an American um, design certification. Mm. People like, oh wow, that's an American design certification, blah blah blah. Okay. And so it was like easier getting jobs as well in the beginning because of that. Okay. Um so I came back for that, but I also came back for my, my parents had moved back, my family lived, but for the most part my family lives here, only my sister lives in LA, okay. and like two cousins in Paris, but for the most part my family lives over here. And then just like the amount of crazy history we have and the amount of places you get inspired, I mean like, I, I, like I'm very lucky as well to have like a family, family and friends who like traveling. Mm. So I've been like, I'm, I've been throughout most of uh, like the, place, the places in Egypt, so I went to like Port Said, Port Fouad, even before I met Zanetti, uh, Siwa, Aswan, Luxor, Gargos, Inna, like I, I really toured the country. Yeah. And there's just there's so much inspiration. Mm-hmm. So like for a designer, I, I, I it's 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 an amazing place to be because yeah. you have like European type of inspirations, you have Pharaonic type of inspirations, you have Islamic, you have Coptic, you have yes. Roman, and like. Whatever Bedouin, whatever you want, you could be, and you could like play with them as well. Yeah, and ultimately, um, at the end of the day, it's Egyptian. And then they Egyptian. all of that. It's Egyptian, yeah. so it just comes in from all these different angles, and you're like, we are sitting on gold mine. Yeah, that nobody's noticing as much. Like it's not, it's not, it's not celebrated as much as much as it should as be. It should be. Yeah. It's like definitely, like there's definitely, like we definitely have progress. You know, but I think it's only recently, I think like from Abdul Nasser's time until like um, Morsi, mm. people were just like knocking down beautiful villas and like, I think we had so much, I think we have so much that people kind of took it for granted. Yeah. I didn't realize like we're just butchering like our future when we do this stuff. This drives me insane because this still happens um, with a lot of, like you're saying, old villas. Yeah. In Heliopolis, you walk around and you're like, oh my god, this is beautiful. And then you see a sign that says, like, this is about to get torn yeah. down. It's like, I, why? And then the hideous monstrosity comes. Like, well, like, that, like that hideous building I'm seeing right behind you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> this type of thing, or like an abrog that are, you know, 500 floors high. And they're all... And from outside, it's... it's Cookie cutter, ugly. Yes, it's cookie it's, cutter. It's, it's it's terrible. And then the the, the proud Egyptian inside of me is like, we're Egyptians. Like, like, how can the how can like the like you know, our ancestors are are the freaking pharaohs and like we we can't build like like a five story building that looks beautiful. <laughs> Zay, like it's in our DNA, y'all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but. Recently, I'm very curious how you feel about recently uh, this drive towards being more like Dubai. That drives me up the wall. <laughs> that drives me up the freaking wall. Why? Because a lot of times I go into compounds or go into these new buildings and I don't sense 
Egypt at all. And I'm not talking, I'm not saying that we have to like have like a Tutankhamun everywhere or whatever, <laughs> you know, because that's just kitschy. But it's like, it's, we could go beyond that and like do something which is more local and more um, like, one of my, my, actually my favorite designer, the Allah Hamu Tara Labib, he passed away like five years ago. Yeah. Do you, do you know Tara? I don't. Okay. So Tara Labib was like um, California educated and he was uh, super, super, super uh, talented. Yeah. But I don't think he got the recognition he should have gotten when he was alive. Okay. And so like he built this stunning house in Dashul. And Ooh. to me, it's like the most beautiful house I've seen designed in this country. So it kind of like merges like Egyptian vernacular design and he adds some modern elements to it, but you see the house and like there's a, there's there's the Egyptian soul, there's the Egyptian spirit. Can we go on a field trip from this? I would love to. I, mean, I, I can I could figure out how we can go to his house. His house is stunning. I really like. I, really, I I don't know what they're doing with his house after he passed, but I mean, I would love to go anytime. Yeah. And it's like overlooking the Dashur pyramids. They have like an amazing view. Wow! But the house itself is just phenomenal. Yeah. So when I see all these new places, I don't understand where where our design element is. Yeah. Where 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 does Egypt fit into it? Mm. And like we have like you know like so much inspirations. Like when I go into Sahel, there's a lot of compounds over there. Masalan like Meresi. This looks like a country, a country club somewhere in like in Atlanta or Houston, you know. <laughs> but you don't sense Egypt via clubs. Yeah, yeah. Like in the whole, actually, they did a great job with the hotel when they renovated because like there's like all these amazing black and white photos of like Egyptian celebrities and musicians and artists and the okay. great art collection. But then you, like after the hotel, you see all these villas which, which have no real reflection to Egypt. Yeah. And then you have something, have something like Agony, which is gorgeous. Like why was Bermond you inspired by Agony? Or Morteza, or Magawish, or yeah. you know, yeah, Port Said, yeah. or Port Said, or Port Fuad. I mean, you have like a billion inspirations to, mm -hmm. to go from. Why? Why are we not making use of that? Why are we moving in this other direction? Why is there? Why is there areas called Beverly Hills? <laughs> why is it called? Like we have the richest history, you know? Why are we calling it Beverly Hills? It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> I, dig I digress a lot. So like, no, no, no. <laughs> no, I. There's no recovering from Beverly Hills. No, Lee. you're not digressing. By the way, yeah. this is this is a thing because we've. When you come back to Egypt, um, there's a certain perception based on your life experience of what Egyptianness is. Yeah. And I feel like over the last ten-ish years, maybe fifteen. That's changed significantly, and I feel like that is within the Egyptian diaspora, and especially the ones who move back. That's creating its own mini like identity crisis slash culture shock because yeah. you're coming back looking for Egyptianness. When yeah. you're talking about like Meresi, you're like, where is its Egyptianness? Yeah. Uh, Beverly Hills, where is its Egyptianness? Yeah, where yeah, is yeah. compound? Where is the Egyptianness? But is that equally Egypt? Yeah. As much as all these other places that we have deemed Egyptian. Like, yeah. How do you reconcile that? How do you, as somebody who grew up both here and there, reconcile yeah. that? That's a very good point you're saying, though, actually. Because I think I think for us, like maybe for us, we want it more than people who lived here their entire lives. Yes. So that's a very good point. Yes. And so maybe that's maybe that's another issue. But there's a lot of like, um, there's also fellow designers who like who lived abroad. Thought of maybe he lived abroad and he came back over here. He did amazing stuff. Dina Hashem was raised in Canada. She moved over here. She did amazing stuff. Um, so you have a lot of designers who, who who grew up abroad and they come over here and they and they bring that they bring that that vibe to you mm. that because they I think we appreciate it because like we we miss it when we're back yes. 
We miss it when we're in the States or we're in Canada or wherever we are in. I love that you put that into words. Yeah, well, well thanks to you because like I didn't, I, I didn't like, I didn't really think about it before. Like how much is, it, it is harder for us coming back because like we, we long for it. Do you know? Yes, exactly. I feel like um, in a lot of cases, and this is a bit of a sweeping generalization, but you know, you can't speak to every circumstance. Yeah. Um, I feel like in a lot of, um, a lot of situations, the the space where you grow up, you kind of get used to it. It's, it loses its novelty. Yeah. And. For us, we grew up with this longing for this other space or this connection with this other space that we didn't live in. Yeah. And so after moving back here, you look around and you were like, where's the Egypt that I know yeah. or that I thought I knew or yeah. that I'm looking for or like, <clears throat> where's this novel space? And everyone yeah. around you is like, I am so sick of the stuff that you're talking about. I grew up, <laughs> this. I grew up with this. I am done yeah. with this. Let's transition towards newer, better, uh, bigger, yeah. bigger, bigger, bigger. Yeah. More Dubai, more this, more that. And you're like, you're sitting on gold. Yeah. And you're possibly not appreciating it because you've, it's kind of become ordinary. Yeah. It's no longer novel. So no. personally, sometimes um, after being here for a much shorter time than you, I've only been here for six and a half years. Okay. Uh, sometimes Cairo makes you grow callous. A oh, definitely. Bit, yeah. Just a little bit. But. Sometimes I will go take a walk in downtown Cairo right early and just pause and look up and be like, can you take a moment to zoom out of your reality and realize the novelty of the fact that you're in the middle of downtown Cairo. This space that has seen history and has seen so much happen. You're looking at Cinema Miami and you're looking at this old architectural building. You're also looking at this guy who's opening up this shop and over here on this corner there's Kaza and down the road there's the Nile and just stop and pause and take it in so that you don't lose the novelty of the space and Cairo doesn't make you go callous. That's very cool to do that. It's like, that's a very good idea. I think, I think everybody should do that. It's my own little like mini therapy yeah. slash reality check, yeah. okay? It was also appreciation. I mean, I think like in general, in the humans lack appreciation for, like we all do, yeah. even for the small stuff. So it's, yes. it's good just to remind yourself, like we live in one of the most historical cities, one of the most beautiful cities in the world. Yes. And like people forget that. I mean, because like, because we see like a lot of like ugly shit around us, mm-hmm. and we kind of forget that we also have some of the most beautiful things in the world. I mean, look, just look throughout this. Like every part of town, you can find you can find beauty. Yeah. I mean, the Corbas are next to you. It's stunning. Garden City. Like there's so much. There's so much stuff. Yeah. Um, and I I think we I also when you were saying you look around, there's garbage. A lot of people will be like, oh, there's garbage everywhere. There's also garbage abroad, by the way. Yeah, of course. Like, it's, every space has its pros and cons. Yeah. You take the pros you want, the cons you can handle, but you're yeah. not going to... Yeah. But also, I think we're coming in with a very different perspective of... Um, how does one We're looking at it through a very different lens. The lens of not having had to deal with the shit of here that makes you grow callous and you get older and you're like, I am done. Yeah. We had the option to be here and we chose to be here. We chose to be here, yeah. So I think that all of that shapes so much of the perspectives. For sure. um, That we have on here. Sorry, I tangented this. No, no that's, 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 that's a very good point you're making. Yeah. We, cho- we chose to come back and, we could, and we, we could choose to leave and go back and everything if you want to. Yeah, yeah. But like, I just, I, I really want to see like Egypt go where it should be. And I think like if uh, more, a lot more people come back, we can go there 
And I think the reason I say come back is education really still isn't where it should be over here. Okay. And, and including design, like like GU now is getting really good, AUCS architecture, so we're definitely improving. But I, I interview a lot of people a lot of times for job positions, and in the beginning I used to ask them, okay, who's your favorite architect? Okay. And then like, not one, not two, not three, like maybe like four people replied, I like them all. I guess if it's like Miss Universe or something like that, you, you're not ready for Miss Universe. Like who, who is your fucking favorite architect? Like, what the fuck? And so like, and we have like phenomenal modern Egyptian architects as well. It's not just it's not just historical ones. But yeah. it's just, like, it just show me a picture, you know. And so like education has definitely improved over the years, but it's like it still should be way way further along. Yeah. And I think that like I'm hoping that more and more Egyptians come back mm. who've had the privilege and the um, the good fortune and good luck of having a foreign education yeah. to come back and like and and. and and help whatever industry that is. Yeah. Now that you now that you've mentioned that, and just based on this conversation, I'm wondering if more Egyptians come back, if Egypt will be more. How does one put this articulately? I'm wondering if more Egyptians come back who have had that privilege of being abroad, but yeah. also that that privilege of missing home and that yeah. privilege of knowing and valuing everything that is Egyptian here. Yeah. If they all come back, what would Egypt, what trajectory would we be on? Would we go back to embracing all that is traditionally Egypt? Yeah. Or will we continue to move in a direction of things like Zayd and Beverly Hills for the sake of accommodating the people who are coming back who are used to that type of lifestyle? Well, I mean, we could always, you know, expand to Zayd and Beverly Hills and all that, Optimia, and just give it more of a, um, a local vibe. That, what like, that's, that that's, like that's like that's like my biggest issues. It's like my biggest issue is the design, the architecture. Like I understand people wanting to live in suburbia. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, Do you live in suburbia? No, I live I live right smack dab in the middle. I grew up in suburbia in Texas, so okay. like I think that make like my most of my cousins now live in suburbia, and I would I would hate that. I like I like leaving my my building and like walking over to the medic or walking to the pharmacy or walking to the uh, restaurant, or whatever. Yeah. You know, I, okay. I don't I don't like having to get into a car for every freaking. Thing. Okay, so I grew up the same and I came back here for the same and that's yeah. why I refuse to live in suburbia in Cairo yeah. So I think very similarly. But I mean like, suburbia is like part of natural like, like history as well yes. I mean like in Maidi and Helwem at one point we considered suburbs of Cairo, you know, yes. now they're very much a city mm -hmm. So suburbia is normal uh, And people going that makes sense, especially families, people have kids, etc, etc But the way they're designed eh? <laughs> you know, like, like yeah. I, I've gotten to a compound and been like, holy shit, this is gorgeous. I've walked in and been like, oh my god, this feels like Palm Springs, California. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, I don't want to. I, I don't want to feel like I'm in Palm Springs. When I'm in Egypt. Yeah. I want to feel like Palm Springs when I'm in Palm Springs. Not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Or maybe I'd be interior, like your house, you do stuff, stuff that makes you feel like, like you design something that makes you that well makes you miss something less, you know what I mean, mm -hmm. for the interiors, but I think but for the exteriors and the architecture, I think it really, like, we can, we can have Egyptian modern, again, that, that doesn't have to be kitschy or Tzolenkhamun or anything, or, or, or anything particularly uh, normal for people to relate to Egyptian design, yeah. but I can still have an Egyptian vibe. If you look at modern architecture, like, if you compare Masanen, 
German or Dutch or Swedish, like they all they all have their own take, their own little twists on it. But mm -hmm. they they still have modern architecture. I think we could have we could have the same thing. Yeah, it could still say Egypt without saying Tutankhamun. Yeah, or or Dubai at the same time. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's like something Yani. Yeah, there's something in the middle. So why do you think a lot of Egyptians are coming back? Because it seems that there are a lot that are actually making their way back here. Yeah. Uh, there's quite a bit of a community. Why do you, what do you think is drawing people back here? I think like we have like an amazing like social scene, family scene. The weather is amazing. We have the best beaches. Like you have, you have a beach year round. Yeah. That's just sound against, it's like very first world spoiler. <laughs> so like when it gets really cold, <laughs> you go to Marsalam. <laughs> But in the summer, that's like Dying. really hot. So you go to Sahel. <laughs> Your inner valley girl is phenomenal. Thank you. <laughs> I'm partially blonde. I'm partially blonde for sure. Like I'm bald, but there's still like there's like there's a blonde element in there. It's <laughs> Which in I'm heart. embracing. It's in the heart. <laughs> So like I think they come back for like the, the family, the community, like mm. there's and there's like there's like there's stuff happening. There's like a renaissance. There's this energy. Now, yeah. You know? I mean, there, we do have, we, we have a lot of problems. Obviously, like I'm not like I'm not I'm not a moron. I'm not blind. I can see all the problems. I I have to live with the problems on a daily basis. Mm. But I also see like all the all the positive stuff. Like working mm. is really really tough here. It's exhausting. But when but when you finish something, you feel like you've you've kind of even if it's minute, you know, like it, it's just nice. Like I might have done a small, you know, dent something with some someone, yeah, with some people, yeah. yeah. But like you feel you, the impact. You feel the impact more. much more here than there, you know. Interesting. Like I've designed projects when I finish it, like messing. There's public people going, and then like people are like, oh, I really love that space. I love the concept. Concept is not mine. Concept was the client's, but the concept of the actual space. Yeah. And they and then. That motivates them to do other stuff as well. It's, it's nice seeing like your hard work positively affect the the community. And, awesome. I, and I feel people. I think I feel a lot of people coming from abroad. We feel that. Okay, so question: As somebody who has hopped around to tons of places, and you've called a lot of places home. Yeah. Is this home? This is definitely home. Really? Yeah. What makes this home of all the other spaces that you've been in? Well, I mean, like I have, I have so much more history in Cairo now. Mm -hmm. Like in the States, I hopped out, I hopped around a lot. So like my, my most comfort uh, place that gives me comfort is LA. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I arrive in LA, I'm like, I'm home. But I even get that vibe when I'm in London. When I arrive in Heathrow every single time, I'm like, Allah, I'm in London again. Okay. Even though I never, I lived in London for like three, four months. That's it. I didn't live in London that long. Yeah. Um, but Cairo is like, Cairo, I guess, because it's been the constant. That's like the one place I always go to. Mm -hmm. Like I don't, I don't go to Houston that much anymore. Um, and I, I, the only place I go to as well is just like LA and London, really, on a, on a more frequent basis. Mm -hmm. And so for me, Cairo is like the most constant place in my in my life. And that's it for today. Thanks for tuning in to the Foreign Local. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at The Foreign Local for exclusive, unreleased episode content and to keep up with a few exciting announcements coming your way in the next little while.